we're going to be joining the East Auditorium in just a few minutes, and uh, the, the two auditoriums will be running together at that time. They're, they're doing something a little bit different than us at the beginning, but then we'll be joining together. So um, before we get to that, uh, first of all, I'm really glad you're with us, okay? But uh, I, just something happened in worship last weekend that took me by surprise, and I just want to recap it for you, if I may. Last weekend, uh, we, um, well, we, we were reading from this scripture. It says in Philippians 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. And it goes on from there to say, In the midst of the rejoicing, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. In other words, if there's really good stuff, if you can find that wherever that is, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And what happened last week was um, we, we, were, we asked you to consider what would be really cool in your life. What are some things that God has done in your life? And the intent had been that we, would, we gave you a text number where you could text us those, and there was somebody here on the front row, uh, Pastor Jonathan, was collecting those. And I expected probably to get four or five in one service, four or five in another service. And, you know, we'd have a couple dozen by the time the weekend was over. It went way beyond that. At one point, Jonathan couldn't keep up with the number of people who were texting and saying, this is what God has done in my life. And Because we'd asked you, what is admirable, excellent, praiseworthy, and hundreds upon hundreds of responses. It caught me off guard because on Saturday night, I'm reading through the list and I can see there's more people, more responses, and I've got time to read. Then Sunday morning at 9.15, same thing again. And by the time I got to this service last weekend, if you were in the service, you may notice it was like this, this emotion just came, overcame me, and it was like, wow. This past week, we took all those responses and put them together in a variety of different compilations, if you will. And this is what you said you thank God for. Look at the screen behind me. Hundreds upon hundreds of people saying, I'm thanking God for this. And then maybe two or three around that group, two or three around another word and so forth. <laughs> Stunning, isn't it? That list is incredibly biblical. Here's why. The psalmist says that if you want to go into God's presence, the password to the presence of God is a, um, the word thank you. And that list are all the things that people are thankful for. Uh, today, we're moving into God's presence. We, we've got this um, service is so much connected to what we did last weekend, and I'll talk more about that yet today. But the idea is that we are in God's presence, and we've already declared the good things that we're thankful for. We have people doing that last weekend. We then gathered in prayer three times a day throughout the It's just throughout the, every day throughout the week. It's just been really cool. It's been a great experience. And so, and so to that end, I'd invite you to continue to be people of worship this week, kind of just flowing from where we were last weekend, okay? So would you stand together? And I want you to read the same passage of Scripture that we looked at last week in terms of Psalm 100. Though I've... Um, I'm going to have you read it out loud in a version that's just a little bit different, just so that the language becomes a little fresh for us again today. So here's the, here's the passage of Scripture. We, let's read it out loud together. On your feet now, applaud God. Bring, let's stop right there before we go any further. Since you're on your feet, what should you do? Good stuff. That whole slide of all the stuff God's done. Does it get any better than that? All right? Read it out loud again. On your feet now. Applaud God. Bring a gift of laughter. 
sing yourselves into his presence. Know this, God is God, and God, God. He made us, we didn't make him. We're his people, his well-tended sheep. Enter with the password, thank you. Make yourselves at home, talking praise. Thank him, worship him. For God is sheer beauty, all generous in love, loyal always. For guests, uh, let me introduce myself. My name is Wayne. I'm part of the pastoral team here, and I'm very glad you're with us, both here in the West and those of you joining us in the East Auditorium. We count it a privilege to come together as one congregation. I count it a privilege that whenever we gather together like this, that God's presence joins us. We've just looked at Psalm 100, which says that, hey, God is here, and uh, it's that thankfulness, that password, that gets us into his presence. And God is literally here right now. What should, what should we experience? I mean, we've got some awe going. I mean, how incredible is it? It's not just you and me here, but God is here as well. But in there, lots can happen. What could happen? Well, um, maybe, the, maybe you could hear from God. I could hear from God. I've never heard God with my ears. You'd say, well, maybe not. But what about God just speaking to the very depths of your soul. What about saying, hey, I'd really like God's peace to overtake the chaos of my thoughts. A lot of us have chaotic thoughts from time to time, don't we? Or, or just this, that the healing and restorative work of God's ointment could pour and kind of seep into every part of your being. Healing, restoration. I, I like that wherever Jesus went, that always seemed to be the case. If you look at the stories of him, his life in the Bible, it talks about where he would go, people would just show up, and they would get all kinds of wild things would happen, like including the dead coming back to life, and blind people could see, and lame people could walk, and deaf people could hear, and there were all sorts of sins forgiven, and just life was made right again for those. Life was restored for those people. There's a story particularly that's got my attention. It's about a woman who had a very serious illness. Apparently, she'd been hemorrhaging for some 12 years. And she'd spent, the Bible says she'd spent everything that she had. She, she was destitute as a result of going from one medical practice to another medical practice, trying to figure out, how do I get this fixed? And she had no money left. And she had this wild, crazy idea. If Jesus Christ ever shows up, maybe he could heal me. I, I wouldn't have to get to know him. I wouldn't need to necessarily meet him. I'm not that kind of, I don't have to be that important. But if I could just reach out and touch the edge of his clothing, maybe I could get better. And that's what happened. Jesus, it so happens, comes to town. The Bible says she pushed her way through the crowd, not wanting anybody to see her, and just reaching out and managed to just grab a portion of his clothing. And immediately, the Bible says, power left him and completely healed her. You know, that's really a cool story. But you know what's really cool about that? Not that Jesus was on earth, but when he was on earth and he went to heaven, one of the last things he said is, when I go, I'm going to send my Holy Spirit to be with you. So that, whereas, you know, as a, a Jesus, God in the flesh, I mean, this is... If you came to meet Jesus, you were standing right beside God. 
But now he says, I'm going to leave, and when I come, I'm going to send my spirit so, I, so that my work and my power is not limited to one specific spot where I'm standing in physical body. So today, West Auditorium, East Auditorium, churches all across the world, 37 million churches are worshiping this weekend. We get to experience the power of God. We get to be restored. And I am expecting that to happen in your life this day. To that end, would you pray with me, please? God in heaven, for my friends who are here today, truth is, God, all of us want that restorative power of Jesus Christ to be brought into our lives. In the places, Lord, where there's wrongdoing, in the places where there is, um, there's need for healing, in the places, Lord, in the little tiny cracks of our soul that nobody knows about, we're asking that that ointment of God your Holy Spirit would pour into those places. Help us to have a, an expectation in this worship service accordingly, we pray. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. Our plan, uh, starting last week, was to find a way in which to bring you into the presence of God and remind you of what we're thankful for. And then in the context of prayer throughout the week, then arrive at this weekend and say, what are the petitions we have for, for restoration in our lives? Where are the places that we would want to hear from heaven? And there, there are lots of stories in Scripture where you see that taking place. One of my favorite is found in 2 Kings chapter 20. And I've, I've uh, brought this to you before, but I, it always strikes me I thought it was appropriate for us this weekend. It's a story about a... Uh, a guy who was middle-aged, maybe a little bit past middle-aged. It's in 2 Kings chapter 20. He, um, he was king of the nation of Judah. He'd been king for many, many years and was, um, well, he may have been 59 and handsome. How's that? No. <laughs> he was moving along there in those sort of ages anyways, and um, he, got a, he got a boil somewhere on his skin. We don't know exactly where, but, you know, this is in the days before antibiotics and medicines that we have today, and it wasn't long before the boil became infected, and it wasn't long before he had all kinds of problems, and he was laying in his bed, it would appear, about to die, as a matter of fact. We read that Hezekiah became ill, was at the point of death. Isaiah comes to him and says, um, this is what the Lord says, put your house in order. That's never something you want to hear. Now's the time to put your house in order. Put your house in order because you are going to die. You won't recover. So Hezekiah hears this news in verse 2. We read this. He turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord. You get the sense that, man, this is such an awful thing that I've just been told. And he, he lay, he's laying on his bed, and he leans over, and he turns into the wall so no one will either see him, hear him, or whatever. Just, I don't want to hear about this. He's, Remember, Lord, he says, how I've walked before you faithfully with wholehearted devotion and have done what is good in, good in your eyes. And he wept bitterly. It's the story of many people that you know and I know. Something happens in their life that is just like a little pimple when it first starts. You know, it's a pimple in a relationship almost, and you go, okay, it's just going to go away. Leave it alone and go away. Or it's a hire at work where somebody's, you know, someone in HR made a hire, and it wasn't going to be a big deal, but it wasn't long before that hire became a big deal, and the whole office relationships are all messed up, or the factory floor, it's just crazy. Or it was just that little ache in the back of your knee, and you thought it'll go away, and the next thing you know, you've got a major health crisis. 
What do you do in those moments? I like what Hezekiah did. In the moments of weeping bitterly, he says, God, can we, can we do something different? And, and God comes back and says, yeah, we're going to change this. We're not, you don't have to put your house in order per se. You're not going to die. I'm going to give you 15 more years. And he says, well, how will I know that? And in verse, um, verse number 8, he says, What will be the sign that the Lord will heal me? And then I'll go up to the temple of the Lord on the third day from now. How will I know that something's happened? And Isaiah the prophet says, This is the Lord's sign to you that the Lord will do what he has promised. You're going to get 15 more years. And he says, So here's the question, Hezekiah. Shall the shadow go forward 10 steps, or shall it go, back ten, um, go forward, or shall it go back? You're talking about the sundial, okay? There's a sundial there in Jerusalem that was known as the steps of Ahaz. And he says, shall it go forward or shall it go back? Hezekiah says, it's a simple matter for the shadow to go forward 10 steps. Rather have it go ten, back 10 steps. And the prophet Isaiah called on the Lord, and the Lord made the shadow go back the 10 steps that had gone down the stairway of Ahaz. Now, when, when we say that there was a, uh, was a sundial, it wasn't a round sundial, but in, in Jerusalem, as a matter of fact, here's, here's a, a photo of what archaeologists think is uh, where the steps of Ahaz were originally were many years ago. And what happened is the sun would hit that wall, and as the sun would get lower in the sky, the wall shutter would go down the stairs. You can imagine how that would work. And that would be a natural occurrence every day. But... On this particular case, the shadow went backwards. And that process of going backwards, in Hebrew, the Hebrew word there is a word that means to be restored. What does it mean when we say that Hezekiah saw the sundial go backwards? Wasn't his life restored? Now, it didn't mean he was young again. He wasn't 22. It didn't mean that all the things that had happened in his, in his kingdom had not occurred. But his time was extended. There's some of you here today who would say, hey, um, I'd like some things to be restored. I'd like some things to, be, to go back. Maybe it is the situation, like something at work to turn out a different way. Maybe it is a problem with a health situation. Or I know what it is for some people. For some people, it's just the joy of church life. This happens, sadly, with some regularity. People step into the life of a church, and they volunteer in some area, and then it just goes wonky. And the next thing you know, there's, you want to put your face to the wall, and you want to cry bitterly, and you go, God, I want to serve you in the church, and it's just, I no longer trust. Maybe it's your, maybe it's your health. But I do have this comment for you today. I believe God wants to restore some things in lives today. And I have a very specific prayer for you. I pray that as we are here in the presence of God, if you will, able to reach out and touch just the edge of God's clothing, I pray that God will restore to you some things to you. As a matter of fact, God's already started that process. Did you know that? Um, God started that with the coming of Jesus Christ. God said, I'm going to send Jesus Christ, as, if you will, as a way in which people could be restored in a relationship to me through the forgiveness of sins, and it just goes from there. If you're serving communion, we're going to remember how Jesus died for us today, so if you'd go and prepare for that, that'd be very helpful, okay? Because here's what we know happened in this restoration process that was begun by Jesus Christ himself. He's on earth. A few people can reach and touch him personally. But then 
He dies so that all of humanity would have the relationship with God possible, that it would be possible for all of us to know him, that all of us could reach out to him, that, yes, we come into his presence with thanksgiving, but then in the midst of thanksgiving, what we have to say most of all is thank you for Jesus. Here's what we know about why Jesus died and what happened. The scriptures say that on the night that Jesus died, he took some bread. He had a bunch of friends gathered around him at a table. They're eating. And he took some bread and he broke and he said, this is my body broken for you. Eat it in remembrance of me. He took a cup off the table and he said, this cup is the covenant in my blood. This is a promise that God is making through my blood that you're going to receive forgiveness of sins. And he says, drink it in remembrance of me. And the story or the scene ends pretty well right there, except Paul the Apostle comes along later and uh, just adds a little tagline. He says that whenever we drink or whenever we eat, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. We proclaim that Jesus died for us and that restoration is possible, that this business of being in God's presence all started right there. And so as we eat and drink today, may the restorative power of God's presence be poured into your life. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you're invited to join with us. You don't have to be a member here. Let us pray together. God, thank you that just as Hezekiah experienced restoration, we too can experience restoration. And we thank you, Lord, that that started with the coming of Jesus Christ. Our sins are forgiven. Let us lean into that, God. Let us be reminded of it over and over again. We eat and drink in remembrance of what Jesus has done for us, proclaiming his death. And we pray as he taught, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Friends, in light of um, what Jesus did for us, in light of his work on Calvary on the cross, and in light of um, Hezekiah's experience, can I take you back to the steps of Ahaz one more time. This business of um, Hezekiah's restoration. Here's the photo again, if I don't mind. Guys, can you pull it up one more time? Yeah, thank you. There's something really cool about this idea of the sundial being restored, the shadow being restored. It has a connection to another very um, well-known passage of Scripture. It's a passage of Scripture that we would, I guess you could say we would usually read it in... Um, at funerals, uh, and it doesn't get used very often, I would think, in worship services, but it's, it bears looking at here today. It's from Psalm 23. If you've attended a funeral, you've probably heard this psalm. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me along paths for his namesake. And then verse 4, this next verse is when we, where we often do some focus time and spend some time um, looking at in funerals. It says, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. By the way, when it says your staff comfort me, that's not the pastoral staff. That's a stick, okay? Pastoral staff probably do comfort, but this is in, not in reference to us in that regard, okay? 
You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So we often focus in funerals in verse 4, but in, because we use it so regularly in funerals, I think we miss something that comes before that that's good for times outside of funerals as well. And that's verse 2 leading into th- verse 3. He leads me beside quiet waters, and he restores my soul. That restoration there, if you could read it in Hebrew, it's the exact same word. That word of restoring my soul, that word restores is the same one that the writer of Second Kings uses when he says that he restores and he turns back the sundial. And I've pointed this out to some of you before. That word, that Hebrew word that we translate restore means to turn back, to bring back, to refresh, to enable new opportunities to come along. And what is the, what's the psalmist saying? The psalmist saying is that God is intentionally giving you the opportunity to restore and refresh. It's an intentional move on God's part to say he restores my soul in the very depths of who you are, in the depths of your spiritual being, in the depths of your emotional life, in the depths even of your physical setting, God brings restoration. We're like Hezekiah, aren't we? Turn our face to the wall and we say, God, what about this? (laughs) In the midst of that, aren't those our kinds of prayers? We we say, God, can you... You've, as a matter of fact, I suspect you've prayed something like this before. God, can you bring this restoration to this situation, to that sin, to my family, to the situation at work, to, to my, what's going on at the, you know, with all sorts of stuff? You're asking God to restore. Because I, I, I'm honest and say, I don't know anyone who hasn't experienced disappointment in life. There have been moments when just life didn't... I, Disappointment and loss is a common human experience. All of us experience it somewhere along the line. And in the midst of that, we pray, God, bring restoration to me. Restore my soul. Turn the sundial back. I don't want to be 22 again, or if you're 22, I don't want to be 16 again. I just, I just want a new opportunity to take another run at it. So here's how we're going to manage that here at First Christian this morning. In both auditoriums, in both the East and in the West auditorium, we're moving to a time when we'll have some leaders in the, from the life of our church at the front of both rooms where we can pray with you. But before we j- jump to, I don't want to jump to that too quickly. I want you to just kind of breathe in the restorative work of God's Holy Spirit in your life. So to facilitate that, in both rooms, you're going to have a song sung over you that is in many ways a blessing, and it's a prayer at the same time. And while that song is sung, I pray that you would hear and feel down and hear God way down low and hear God's Holy Spirit saying, I want your life. This is something I want to do for you. I want to restore those moments, those those struggles. I, I want to pour balm into the deep crevices of your soul. And then after that, we'll invite you to stand in a few moments and people from that lead our church will be glad to pray with you prayer warriors, people who want to, if you will, knock on the doors of heaven on your behalf. But can I say this? We're already in God's presence. We don't have to knock. Simply as reach out and grab a hold. So, be quiet right now in quiet moments in both rooms and hear 
this prayer of blessing over you. Thy 